This episode of Ben and E is brought to you by Maester Evans of House Evans. Eternal Summer Suns. Thank you. If you'd like to hear your name at the start of the show and receive exclusive Westeros content, hit us up at patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Uh, welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. We've got a few new and exciting things uh, to share with you guys this episode. Uh, getting a lot of good responses on our Facebook page, our Patreon page, and uh, everywhere else, Instagram and Twitter. So mm-hmm. really excited about that. We're getting new listeners every day. And, it's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. So it's, awesome. it's just cool because we want people to, it, it is a Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, and so the more you guys are involved and send us stuff, we've got a couple ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some voicemails that we'd like to play. So yeah. um, and we're getting messages everywhere. We're getting on the Facebook page, the yep. Instagram, the Patreon, Gmail. So voicemail. So yeah, super exciting. Uh, I thought I'd throw some stuff up here at the beginning of the show, just for those that are interested. Um, we have a voicemail number, so you can call in. Just leave a voicemail there. Uh, that is six one four five four seven two three five zero okay mm-hmm. so uh and you can leave uh questions for the show that can be any listener doesn't matter who if you're one of our patrons though you can also uh supply us with the summary or the recap and actually this week we have one of those mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a lot of fun so mm-hmm. <laughs> can't wait to get into that uh if you want to send us a raven you can uh, send, send us a message on facebook we'll check those out there too um or you can send it to btkcast at gmail.com so it's btk C-A-S-T at gmail.com. So I just want to get that out there on the front of the show so we could kind of um, just keep encouraging people to, to send us a response. Yeah. So, all right, man. Um, we're into the small council. Um, we've been busy. We've been real busy. We've <laughs> been busy. So uh, yeah. I was on vacation last week, so I want to say thank you to Sir David the Huntsman for filling in for me. I was I was glad he was able to do that. So yeah, we're gonna have him on as often as possible. He is a he's a wild man of he the is. forest. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just out there. He's um, is he he's like one. a chronic man. You know, he's, he kind of he is. Kind isn't of he? is. Yeah. He, yeah. So yeah, he's a good guy. So yeah, we're, so, we're thank, glad we're, yeah, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, other things, you know, just in, um, just, uh, we've got like the, uh, ice and fire con coming mm-hmm. up soon. Yeah. Ice and fire con is coming soon. We're, uh, starting to look. That's in Mount Sterling, Ohio. Mount Sterling, Ohio. So that's yeah. not too far from us. We're looking into going to that. Um, guys, while I was on vacation, uh, in the kingdom of Oregon, there's a little <laughs> bookstore there called Pals. I don't know if anyone is familiar with it, but I think it's like the largest used bookstore in the world or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a handful of books. I picked up this novella called the ice dragon, which mm-hmm. takes place in the game of Thrones universe. And it's almost like a kid's book. It kind yeah. of feels like, so we're going to be diving into that. I found a unofficial game of Thrones puzzle quest, which has a bunch of like crossword puzzles and riddles and stuff all from the show. And it's actually super cool. Right. So we're thinking about, um, putting up some like crossword puzzles or riddles 
and having people answer them and whoever does gets a shout out, something like that. Yep. We also hit our patron goal, yeah, our first patron goal of 10 patrons. So we went ahead and bought A Feast of Ice and Fire, the official companion cookbook. This is, <laughs> And it's pretty awesome looking through it. So we're going to start having, you know, guys, we're doing a reread of the books. We're yep. doing a reread of The World of Ice and Fire. And yep. now we're going to be doing a reread of A Feast of Ice and Fire. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be doing like YouTube videos yeah. of, I guess, me cooking. Yeah. The, uh, the stuff from that. And Thank then God Matt knows how to cook. It's true. And then we're going to be doing um, like a Patreon, ep- just a uh, podcast afterwards, kind of just talking about it and stuff like that. Or any of you who've listened to any of our old second breakfast yeah, yeah, reviews, yeah. kind of just like that. What's going on? Well, I mean, we eat the show. food, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, it's in your ear, so we yeah, apologize. It, but it, Yeah, it's super cool, actually. It's it's like medieval, like, yeah. like there's like, you yeah. know, and it's all broken down into sections of the realm. And like, it's, I mean, Here's the thing. I want to eat what the children ate. So mm-hmm. is there anything in there? Like, they, like, is yeah, there there's like a root sweets. stew? Yeah, there's sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a nasty root soup. Well, like know? the wall The wall is like, you know, leak soup. You know, like, <laughs> so oh, it's God. pretty interesting. That's awesome. So, yeah. So. Um, our first episode of Meat, Meat, and Cheese did post, actually. We just did some Sonic food review um, <laughs> yeah. for you guys. So that, that came out um, yesterday. Uh, and... We are going to, you know, we'll still have these. Like, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll pull stuff from the cookbook, but every once in a while, we might hit just, up, uh, you know, yeah. some just, special on TV. Yeah, those are just, yeah, those are just kind of like our casual extra episodes. Yeah, but we're always talking Game of Thrones in those. It is. So, yeah. it's kind of Game of Thrones, somewhat, let me do a little, little behind the scenes, yeah. just kind of yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, small council, we got some, uh, some updates on life there. So, now some updates on basically just the, uh, the show. And mm-hmm. maybe what's happening there. You got some stuff here, Matt? Yeah. So the two big things, um, it appears that, so the Battle of Winterfell, or excuse me, the Battle of the Bastards mm-hmm. took 25 nights to film. Jeez. And, you know, it's like the biggest thing they've done. Uh, they've finished the, what everyone is presuming is the Battle of Winterfell for season eight, and it took twice as long. Wow. So it should be pretty epic. Yeah. Is uh yeah. is all of the rumblings behind. So there's that. That's and, awesome. And maybe I don't know, these episodes are gonna be longer. Yeah. So it could be super awesome. I'm sure it's going well, to be. I think you thought that perhaps that could be um multiple battle, episodes. Multiple episodes or two at least, you mm-hmm. know. Um kind of seeing one side of the you know, the the battle and then another side or what have you. Yeah. So, so that, that that'd be neat, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Um and then the only other thing really is that Gurr has moved not a blog. Yeah, what's up with that? So he was using a WordPress account. Okay. And now he's just moved it to his own website. It's still the same format, still totally the same thing. Right. And the only thing he's talking about right now is the NFL draft, which he talks NFL a lot on his blog, but he's nervous about who the should are the should the New York Giants, you know, draft Scott Barkley <laughs> or should the Jets draft Baker Mayfield. I mean right, it's like right. okay, Gurr, come on. Yeah. I mean, I find that stuff interesting, but but yeah, yeah. So. No, that's cool. That's cool. So he's moved it. We'll have to. We'll keep an eye on it for you guys. That's yeah, for sure. His his current mood is thoughtful. So yeah. Hey, we've also thought about starting a segment. Um, uh, my buddy Lane from Up Talking Tolkien helped me come up with uh, like a segment, uh, something fun for that Matt and I could do for uh, some behind the scenes stuff and, and call it um, not a pod mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of not a blog. Yeah. You know, and uh, just be Matt and I uh, letting our hair down. Yeah. Again, a little bit. What you know? little hair I have left? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, just some fun stuff. So I just thought that was kind of, you know, yeah, correlated there. All right. Um, now the Maester study, 
You want to explain this, Matt? Yeah, guys. So we're going to flip things around this week because the chapter itself is kind of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's there's not really a whole lot that happens in this chapter, but our World of Ice and Fire chapter, which normally we just do a quick summary, is huge. Yep. yep. And so that may happen from time to time. Sometimes they both may be light. Sometimes they both be heavy. Just kind of depends. So this week it just happens to be that our Maester study or our World of Ice and Fire study is huge. Yeah. So there's a lot to get through. There's so, a lot of tie-ins too. There's mm-hmm. some good tie-ins with uh, with the Aria chapter as well. Yeah, absolutely. It just kind of works out that way. So we're going to move it to the back half of the show because right. and then because I think some people I think most people come here just for the mm-hmm. uh, the reread. So we want to get that out of the way. Yeah. Let's get the reread in for those people who maybe aren't as interested in the world of ice and fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's totally fine. So um so so diving into we're going to move right into our reread essentially today. Mm-hmm. So we're getting yeah. there pretty quick um which is which is good. Um, so we have got some clips coming up. Yeah, I guess we want to play. Yes. Um, so in recap, just last week we've got um, Sir David the Huntsman and mm-hmm. I. While Matt was off, uh, while Sir Matt the Bud Knight mm-hmm. uh, was slaying dragons. Yeah. Um, we were here, you know, working our asses off. All right. <laughs> and you know, we, we tore through um, the uh, the the chapter with uh, with Cat and Ned. Uh, There's a lot of nakedness. There was a lot of um, the urge was strong Mm -hmm. i I think it was it was met i we speculated after we uh hit the record button sir david and i uh continued to think about um what happened after that Mm -hmm. chapter and i don't think the urge was satisfied and so we just wanted to follow back up with that and let you guys know that i do think there's a fanfic there that needs to be writ uh more probably already has it probably has so uh it was good stuff they got a warning from lisa aaron uh just kind of indicating that don't trust the Lannisters, um, mm-hmm. and it it was taken I we, serious. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, I think we totally can. You know, uh, so that was good. It was good that we got that message, and um, that kind of sets everything in motion. Though it's really, you know, I don't know. It's would they have without this letter? You know, the whole thing, right? It kind of yeah. it's it's one of those things that sort of sends everything, gets their anything that's deceitful you know, is now sort of like what well, must be the Lannisters. Right. Gets you thinking there. And then other things will come up later. Well, it's not them. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some other players in mm-hmm. this as well. So what is what turns us into what turns us into the Game of Thrones. Yeah. So okay. Um we have our summary um provided by one of our patrons. Yeah. So let's take a listen. Hello, this is Maester Tiffany of Greenville, Tennessee, calling with my summary of chapter seven, Arya. Arya sits with a pack of mean girls stitching with the Septa. Sansa is the queen bee surrounded by yes women. Arya is bored, frustrated, and a strong descendant of John, her brother. Arya runs from the room after being shamed for her stitches. We then learn through Arya's internal monologue that Jane Poole, one of Sansa's mean girls, calls her Arya Horseface. We also learn Arya can ride horses and work figures something she thinks Sansa could do more of. We see Arya's first interactions with Nymeria, who was named for a great legendary warrior, unlike Sansa's ladies. Could they be more different? We discover Arya and Jon's bond this chapter, as he so playfully ruffles her hair while watching the younger boys play fight in the yard. They are the only Stark siblings that favor each other. We also learn that Joffrey's coat of arms is both a lion and a stag. Foreshadowing! 
could those Lannisters be any more cocky? <laughs> we see Joff as a supreme douche, truly a little shit, yes. so quotes John, while fighting, while play fighting Rob. We meet the Hound, dun dun dun. Long story short, Rob and Joff don't fight with steel. Lannister men make fun of House Stark and Sir Roderick. Arya runs back to her room to find Septimore Dane and dun dun dun, her mother, Lady Catelyn Stark. End. Mm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Maester Evans. We really do appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, that was a good little summary. Um, and yeah, that, that I mean, this chapter is, is short. And, I mean, she got to everything, which is great. Um, let's try to, let's, there's your summary. Let's dive into the details now and let's, let's take a look at, uh, we kind of divide this into, um, normally we do it in, we divide into thirds, but this really kind of just two parts. Right. So we've got, um, uh, Aria and, uh, her stitches. So this, the stitching work there. Um, and you know, Aria, uh, wants to swing a sword. Mm-hmm. So we've got those things, uh, going on there. So I have my, uh, I have my quote of the week, as you know, as yeah. an, as and I, I always pick a passage or yeah. a little little part. I have mine right out the gate. Wow. Okay. Okay. Good. Arya has the hands of a blacksmith, which is one part of it, which I think is interesting because then you know we find out later. Oh well, she there's the blacksmith's boy, which we'll get to, and then Gendry, who's also a blacksmith. So I uh, just found that just thought that was oh. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, she also likes the hands of a blacksmith. Anyway, uh-huh. yeah. uh, and yeah. then uh, Arya glanced uh, fervently across the room, worried that Septa Mordain might have read her thoughts, which I found interesting that Arya is nervous about someone reading her thoughts. Whoa. Because much later, Arya also worries about someone reading her thoughts. Because, yeah. yeah. Her wow. thoughts should be, you know, to make her seem like she's no one. That is awesome. That is yeah, ab- yeah you know, awesome. you know, I've been, um, I've been, I always try to look at like the, like I guess the metaphor, the similes, metaphors, the you're the you're more of the English guy, as you know, all the the words I'm trying to think yeah, yeah. of here. You know, we, we have Bran who wants to climb, right? Uh-huh. That's his kind of a thing. He likes to climb, and yeah. then Bran later gets the powers, you know, where, of the ravens, where he can see things from like afar and flying yeah. and things like that. And then we have Arya who wants to kind of do her own thing and like the shadows. And then obviously Aria does that later. And it's kind of like everyone kind of mm-hmm. gets through weird ways, mm-hmm. everything they've always kind of wanted. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like taking this, you know, early characterization, mm-hmm. right. And then you kind of blow it up later. Right. So, so you magnify it and it's, um, yeah, it's just taken to another level. I guess later on there's, there's parallels, you mm-hmm. know, is really what it is. So yeah, that is really interesting to think about because yeah, when you said the like the I mean the blacksmith's hands, I mm-hmm. mean come on, that's mm-hmm. really kind of cool, you know. So um, I had two things, you know, that I pulled from this chapter, and basically they were the repetition of the word needle mm-hmm. over and over and over. It's mentioned multiple times. I thought that was very interesting, and and you you know those of you who have seen the show and. Uh, this is a reread. You'll you'll know that that's uh, important to that needle is extremely important mm-hmm. to um, yeah. It's really just like it's like two Arya. two or three chapters away. So yeah, well, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of ironic, right? That it's something that she this really this is a time that she does not like. She doesn't like needlework, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you know she kind of takes that and 
uh, you know, we'll get into the sword. She gets a, you know, a sword later and calls it needle. So I thought that was interesting. Now, one of the things, uh, one of my big uh, points here was that she, when she goes back to see uh, Nymeria, you know, um, she basically says that Nymeria is the only one who loves her. You know, and she has this real deep, strong connection to Nymeria. She doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. necessarily. Maybe with John, you know, mm-hmm. and her father. But she just feels very... She always points out the differences between, um, you know, as as uh, Mr. Evan, Evans, uh, you know, mentioned earlier, the how different she looks from her siblings, mm-hmm. you know, so much so that she went to, you know, to John to see if she was a bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, that was my big, you know, just the, her connection with her... Um, Direwolf is very strong, mm-hmm. and I think it's the the more. Catelyn mentions this later on, but the closer you keep your direwolf to you, it seems like the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Like you do, you know, think they last longer, mm-hmm. what have you. I don't know. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to kind of watch the dynamic between between her and Nymeria, and Nymeria is going to be our big um, cool connection here at the end too. Yeah. So yeah. thought that was neat. All right, so um, the uh, Arya stitches scene this is you know i love uh you know the mean girls right she's sitting in there with the mean girls and um uh they they mentioned beth beth cassell is sitting in there with them roderick's uh little girl sir roderick is the um is the master of arms at winterfell which is super cool um yeah and uh let's see who else do we have a scene in there? We've got uh, Marcella is sitting in there with him. So this is huge. You've got Princess Marcella in there. And, um, you know, Septa Mordain is, I think, more on point here, right? Mm-hmm. She's, everyone's going to be prim and proper and um, acting their best because we have a true uh, princess uh, in among them, right? Yeah. So it says that she hadn't really had a chance to kind of um, tutor or talk to or work with a princess in the... And the arts are the ways of being a lady. Yeah. You know, so uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, the glances, though, just the staring, the, um, the 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 glare that Arya gives across the room when asked about, um, you know, her her needlework. Right. You know, it's all over the place. I'd love to see, you know, what it looked like. It's mm-hmm. probably terrible. Um, but she just doesn't. She almost seems like she has, um, by the way, attention issues. What's the point? Of that? Of needlework? I mean, for these, like, if you're going to be, like, especially, like, if San, you would imagine that Sansa would be married off to, like, a bigger house. I mean, she's the firstborn mm-hmm. daughter of House right. Stark. Is she going to be doing much needlework when she's, like, lady of the... I don't know. I think it's... Just um, to teach them how to be proper and... Yeah, but it's also one of those things where they... Um, I mean, because Ari brings up a good point about her not knowing numbers very well and not... Being able to that help seems her. way more important. That seems way more important, which is what Arya says, right? Versus the stitches. But um, I don't know. To make her more of an appealing bride, I guess, I guess is that yeah. she can. She has these talents, right? She can sing. She can right. uh, play music. She can. Uh, her stitch work is really good. Um, yeah. Things like that. So yeah, because I don't. And th- she, she observes the courtesies of the court, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So. Yeah, it's just it's more just to make her that much more appealing. I think to a great lord or yeah. you know, the crown prince. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good point. What are they? I mean, th- someone else is going to be doing their needlework later on. But it is kind of a, I don't know. It's it's an intimate. I mean, because the, the queen asked her to make her some stuff later on. You know, 
I'd love to have you make something for me, you know, yeah. um, just to kind of see their talents and yeah, stuff. So it's I, just, I guess it's yeah. just to show off their talents. Yeah. Yeah. It's just in the same way that you have archery contests, you know, um, for the boys, you would have, you know, some who can do the best needlework and who can, yeah. you know, sing the best song or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Poetry, I'm sure, is a thing, too. Uh, Rhaegar was known for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but anyways, I, I think Arya is, is a little just distracted. You know, she seems like a, a, a kid who has some attention issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's just always kind of like, this is not her thing, you know. And she's got this. Wa- See, we might as well just dive into the fact that I like Arya. Yeah. Okay. Matt does not like Arya yeah. as much, which is okay. Yeah. It's not that I, it's not that I dislike Arya. It's just of, of like of the characters that I'm really into. She's never just like, I'm not like, cause I think that the people who are Arya fans is like, they're diehard. Yeah. Arya is like their number one. Right. And I get that. Like my brother, my older brother, Jeremy is like the Arya is his favorite character. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm just always like, yeah, I mean, she's cool. She's never like, yeah, the character I'm, drawn to i think i think what it is is that she's this uh she's got this wildness to her mm-hmm. she reminds me of liana stark mm-hmm. you know she would just go off and do whatever she'll enter attorney you know as like the like a mystery knight of some kind you know so that's what's appealing to me i guess about her is that she's got a different type of of beauty you know what yeah. i mean like right um, here right here's a line where it's talking about the differences between them Sansa had gotten their mother's fine high cheekbones and the thick auburn hair of the Tullys. Arya took after their lord father. Her hair was a lustrous brown and her face was as long was long and solemn. And then it talks about her getting Jane uh, Poole used to make fun of her and call her horse face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and well, and Jane starts off. She's whispering uh, to Beth Cassell here in the beginning, and and Arya's just like, "I'm not having this crap. What are you talking about?" Yeah, and like, whoa nothing you know like they don't i mean then you know uh, at least sansa looks a little bit like abashed you know and, and is blushing and stuff but but yeah i mean they're they're the mean girls man they're making fun of her needlework yeah you know so she just she's not good at it um and let's see we're talking about the prince sansa said her her voice was soft as a kiss so Arya knew that um knew which prince that they meant joffrey of course uh, the tall, handsome one. Sansa got to sit with him at the feast, and Arya had to sit with the fat little one, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> so she was sitting with Tom, and, um, you know, and I wonder how. Wonder what that was like, you know? Yeah. Did her and Tom and talk? They chatted up? I, I mean, know. I mean, Tom and at least the way he's port, so especially the way he's portrayed in the show, I should say. He's, like, yeah. really in his own world uh yeah he is yeah the fact that he's like a fat little like chubby kid here is kind of funny um because in the show he's not like that he grows up and leans out you know what i mean we all you know had that he's all about his cats yeah he is (laughs) oh my gosh but man he ends up like you know he got a he got one of the rare beauties of of westeros yeah uh later on so um so yeah and then Jane kind of is, is is talking proudly about Sansa and that Joffrey likes your sister, you know. Um, he told I, like, her, I like the line where it's like she whispers it almost as if she was like had something to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he told her that she was very beautiful, you mm-hmm. know, so like shoving it again down Arya's throat here, you know, mm-hmm. like that your sister's prettier than you are. Um, which, again, when you're when you're younger, too, it's like. They're kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's this. Uh, yeah. You grow into you know, you know who you are, your body, you know your beauty, and all that good stuff. So it's just you yeah, get some this, people are late bloomers. Yeah, you got late bloomers. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I think she's gonna be as beauty. She's, I mean, later on, um, 
just she's as beautiful as Liana. I think she's yeah. gonna, you know, she's got that wild um, beauty. She doesn't do her hair up. She's always getting ruffled by John, you know, three times in this chapter, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a line oh, I didn't. I unfortunately I didn't highlight it. I believe when Arya is talking about like the differences between them, something about Arya saying like because Sansa got all the beauty, there was nothing left for her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, so they start to ask Arya about what you know. What do, what does she think about Joffrey? Right. Um. What do you think of Prince Joff, sister? He's very gallant, don't you think? John says he looks like a girl. Arya said. <laughs> Sansa sighed uh, as she stitched. Poor John. She said, he gets jealous because he's a bastard. And I'm like, so they did, we didn't get to see a lot of this in the show necessarily. Um, but isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. You know, she knows how to, I, maybe it's from her mother or she just knows that it's not proper. She's learned from uh, Mordain that she's, this is your half brother. He's a bastard. Mm-hmm. And we don't speak of him. We don't take his words don't carry much weight, you know, yeah. and they shouldn't. And Arya's making it out like, well, that's what he said. Yeah, and and it's interesting that you don't act, you, we don't see it in the show, um, mm-hmm. just because of the way that it's paced. And then, you know, on our fo- on our follow up Thursday episodes, we had talked about this a little bit last week, talking about how it seemed like John and Daenerys didn't really have on screen chemistry as much. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something else. Is that I think the show kind of messed up on. When John and Sansa get back together in the last season, there's there's supposed to be this kind of backstory of them of like Sansa not really liking mm-hmm. John, and yeah. it, it's never really in the show, but it's much more prevalent in the book, specifically like this chapter where she's like, "Well, he's our half brother." Um. So but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's very you know crisp and clear about that or whatever, and I think it might have more to do with maybe when her mother's around or Mordain's right. around. Um, and also the fact that, that princess Marcella is here. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of why she knows how to act. Yeah. Well, she's also a lot more like Catelyn and we find out, you know, very early in the, in this book that Catelyn is not a fan of John. So. Well, and she's probably close with her mom. Right. Yeah. And so if she has that closeness, she's probably taking some of that to heart like this, you know, he's a black mark on our family. I bet you separately though she does have a love for him obviously yeah, I'm but sure. it's not it's not as deep as like Arya's is because Arya seems to you know she tr- kind of does her own thing her own thing and I, I think she probably clashes more with her mother than than Sansa does right so you know and she's she likes her brothers more in, in her father and uh, and they like John you know right. so yeah Robert John are really good friends yeah, yeah yeah exactly even Theon and John seem like you know, pretty good friends. Yeah. I, yeah, I think Theon is actually, we get into it later, but I think he's, he seems to sometimes be competing a little bit to, for always wanting to be like an equal with, with Rob because they're both like heir to their houses and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, so Sansa draws attention, you know, to Arya, God forbid. right? Right. You know, um, and Septim Mordain comes over, let me see your stitches. And Arya wants to like, scream are you serious you know you're drawing attention to me right now we're gonna do this right now and um you know so she takes off i mean she mm-hmm. she um pushes herself out of her chair she bolted for the door yeah um she's she's told to come back and i it's at least she knows enough to turn back and ask leave of the princess but you can see how young princess marcella is here because she doesn't really know what to do she right. looks at her other ladies like do i get permission to leave what do i do 
because um, they're all just kids, you know, yeah. at this point. So, all right. Um, oh, and then she, so when asked what she was going to go do, where do you think you're going to go, Aria? She said, she glared at her and she said, I have to go shoe a horse. Right. You yeah. Know? She says something that she knows would tick off. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it kind of, you know, it's, it's embracing the, the making fun of her for being horse face and, you know, these different things and having the hands of a blacksmith and, and stuff. So she's kind of like, eh, this is what I'm going to go do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm getting, it's doesn't bother me, but I'm going to use it, um, you know, against you in a sense. Yeah. And then, uh, so right around that line, uh, it's, it's when we already talked about it, the, like the figures and stuff like that. Just, this is, I'm just looking at this in the chapters mm-hmm. and then, you know, that's another thing. This son, like we see it with like, so we kind of see the downfalls of some of these characters or what will be like bigger things. When it, we talked about Rob being kind of, he seems like he's foolish in the John chapter where it's at the feast. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, he seems like he's foolish. And here we have Arya saying, well, Sansa doesn't know figures. Right. And so, which is a big deal of Sansa's character early on. It, and that's something she learns how to do is play this game of thrones. Yes. yes. And then, you know, she seems much more expert at it. Yeah. Oh, as, absolutely. As we progress. But that is kind of her biggest struggle yeah. is that she doesn't understand. I mean, obviously she's put into a terrible uh, situation yes. in the yeah. in the first like you know three books well really uh until later where we probably haven't gotten in the books but are in the show yeah um, when they're both big big dreamers you know right. Arya's dreaming about being like a knight and riding a horse and doing all these things and Sansa's dreaming about being a lady of the court a high lady perhaps mm-hmm. queen one day um you know so both real innocent now and you're right through through tragedy they're both gonna um you know kind of get what they want yeah yeah exactly so um, real quick before we jump in, we have a clip coming up here in a second about um, Nymeria that I want to play. But first, before we get there, um, Sansa was two years older. Maybe by the time Arya had been born, um, there had been nothing left, as, as Sir Matt had mentioned. Uh, she wrote poetry. She knew how to dress. She played the high harp and the bells. Uh, worst of all, she was beautiful. And uh, let's see. Oh, the only thing that Arya felt like she could do better was was to ride a horse. Uh, so she felt like that was her thing. I can ride a horse better. Um, and that's really it. So that's why she kind of felt like she, you know, fit in more with the, with the boys. And I think at this point she's heading, um, back to her room, um, uh, to see her dire wolf, Nymeria. So we'll play a quick, uh, clip from the, yeah. from the book here for you guys. Up here. Nymeria was waiting for her in the guard room at the bottom of the stairs. She bounded to her feet as soon as she caught sight of Arya. Arya grinned. The wolf pup loved her, even if no one else did. They went everywhere together, and Nymeria slept in her room at the foot of her bed. If mother had not forbidden it, Arya would gladly have taken the wolf with her to needlework. Let Septimordain complain about her stitches then. Yeah. Nymeria nipped eagerly at her hand as Arya untied her. She had yellow eyes. When they caught the sunlight, they gleamed like two golden coins. Arya had named her after the warrior queen of the Rhoyne, who had led her people across the narrow sea. That had been a great scandal, too. Sansa, of course, had named her pup Lady. Arya made a face and hugged the wolfling tight. Nymeria licked her ear, and she giggled. By now, Septimon... Yeah. I think about it. Yeah, what... <laughs> having your dire wolf in there, you know, during needlework. It's just, it's, it's such a, a childlike thing. It's from mm-hmm. her point of view, right? What's she going to do? Sick, the, sick her dire wolf on Septa Mordain. Right. Like, I mean, probably in her dreams. She's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Get her. Um, but a neat little connection made to, uh, you know, the, um, the Roin, 
mm-hmm. right? And which and, actually we'll get into with yeah, we're, we're going to get into that part, yeah. later today. So I uh, thought that fit in, you know, um, really well. So okay, after that though, she um, we're hopping into like our second uh, half here of the chapter. She goes out to kind of um, see what the boys are up to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she probably could hear the the clanging of swords and kind of wanted to know um, what Bran and John and 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 Rob. Uh, we're all up to, and uh, they go out. She goes out to the yard, I right. believe, right? Yeah, she goes to the yard, and she hopes that it's, um, you know, Rob or or John beating up on Joffrey, right? And, you know, she's like to her dismay, it's Bran and Tommen, but, yeah. And they're both, <laughs> and they say that they're like both like in like way too big of pads, yeah. And, like, they're just kind of swinging at each other, and right, you know. right, yeah, because they're they're the youngest. Yeah, that that would probably be a funny scene, you know. Um, but imagine, you know, when you're a little kid, right? You know, just the idea that you're you're fighting the prince, right? You know, what I mean, from Bran's perspective, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be a knight. He wants to ride a horse. Yeah. He wants to be a like Kingsguard know? or something. Yeah, and so the idea that he uh, is fighting, dueling in his own yard, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the prince is, you know, great. Yeah. It's it's awesome. So uh, imagination's running wild there. So she she runs across uh, John though her um, her half brother, and uh, he kind of says, you know, shouldn't you be doing some needlework? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, she's like, yeah, but I wanted to see him fight. You know, I wanted to see uh, the boys fight, and so she's um, you know real interested in that. And they kind of go, they have a nice little back and forth here. Um, she's disappointed about the boys. Uh, who, who she saw, um, a shade more exhausting than needlework, John observed, a shade more fun than needlework Arya gave back to him. John grinned, reached over, messed up her hair. Arya flushed. They'd always been close. John had their father's face, as she did. They were the only ones. Rob and Sansa and Bran, and even little Rickon, all took after the Tullys. Mm-hmm. So, Which is uh, the second time they've kind of mentioned that. Yeah. And I kind of wondered, is that is that why she's closer? I know... Here in just a little bit, I mentioned earlier that she kind of goes to check. Am I a bastard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because yeah, I'm like I'm a lot like you, you know. And he has to kind of reassure her, you know. No, you know. I'm sure he's just like yeah. I, I saw you were born here, you know. Yeah. Uh, from real. But is John a bastard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. So, um, all right. So. He's actually not allowed to damage young princes, though. We find out that he's just mm-hmm. there to observe. He can't mm-hmm. get down there uh, and yeah. fight. Uh, bastards are not allowed to damage young princes, he said. Any bruises they take in the practice yards must come from true-born swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it goes on to be like, Arya feels like, oh, well, that's not fair. And then it goes on for a while about, about that. But Yeah, and she talks about you know Bran being uh, seven, mm-hmm. and then she's nine. Mm-hmm. And she uh, says, like, oh, I'd probably beat him because I'm older yeah, and bigger. You, you forget how young these kids are. Yeah. You know, I almost wonder. Rickon's, Rickon's like three. In the show, he seems a little bit older. but Right, but I, I, I kind of am starting to wonder, like, book book by book here, like, how long. I, I did this in, um, we talked about Randall Thor and, right. uh, and, and the Wheel of Time. How long is this? Like, I, I, exactly. we need to look that up eventually. Like, do they progress? I mean, yeah, it takes months to get from mm. King's Landing up to Winterfell, right? But um, it'd be nice to see how old they they actually get when we get to like the Battle of the Bastards and mm-hmm. stuff later on. So I think they're I think they're still fairly young. So okay, um, so ah, so they start talking about Prince uh, Joffrey, and um, you know uh, 
well, actually, before that, which I thought was kind of interesting, she wants to pick up a sword and fight. She says she's older. She could do better than Bran. Um, and we got that from the show, too, when she's shooting an arrow. You know, she shoots it, you know, over the shoulder of, of, of Bran and hits the target, and he doesn't sort of thing. Uh, and so here, John reaches over to kind of feel her arm, you know, see how much muscle she, muscle she has, you know, and he's like, you're too skinny. You know, you're too skinny. You wouldn't, be able to be able to, you wouldn't even be able to pick up a sword, you know, which later on, he'll, he'll get her a sword that she can pick up. You know? Okay, I have, so. I have a timeline kind of pulled up here. Oh, cool. So 298 AC is when it, like, starts. Okay. Um, and then this is on the Song of Ice of Fire wiki. doesn't look like it's super... Oh, no. Uh, because brand seven and two ninety eight is what you're saying. Yeah, and so it says in three hundred AC, um, Daenerys rules Marine as its queen. So that's only two years later, and Daenerys is already. Uh huh. In two ninety nine, she has her dragon's eggs hatched. So two ninety eight, she's six. Isn't she fourteen or sixteen? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, even still, either way, she, I think she goes from fourteen to sixteen. Yeah. So it's probably only like maybe like kind Same. of like a year a book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that seems. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just at the show, it's like, you know, there it's a lot. Well, longer. I'm just thinking, you know, Bran, it's like what is he if he's if he's 7 here, what is he, you know, 14 by the very end of all this? Yeah. You know? So, something we kind of forget that though. I mean, we kind of forget their ages and they they grow up in our imaginations and the right. show helped us really yeah, with that too. Yeah, so. cuz the show is not a book, a season like some mm-hmm. are. Yeah. But I think like seasons 2 and 3 is the second book. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, two years. So, right, right. Um, so here's some some interesting things. So they talk about the you know Arya wanting to fight and and what have you. Um, now John goes on. Um, I believe it was you know Maester Evans mentioned to talk about his his coat of arms and mm-hmm. sort of you know um, to look at the arms on his surcoat. And there's an ornate shield embroidered on the prince's padded surcoat. No doubt the needlework was exquisite. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arms were divided in the middle. On one side was the crowned stag of the royal house, and on the other, the lion of Lannister. And that's not, um, you know, real typical, probably. No. You know what I mean? So, Where people have people have multiple coats of arms, yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much, you know, Joffrey and Tommen and, Mar- and, and Marcella, like, how much interaction did they have with their, uh, air quote, you know, uh, father, Robert Baratheon? And they look a lot like, you know, their mother and um, their uncle Jamie. Mm-hmm. So they, they again this whole idea that Arya looks like um, John and her father, and so then more, um, you know, feels like she's connected to the Stark direwolf than the Tully fish, which right. happens here. She talk, yeah, she talks about like having it together and she was like that'd be pretty silly wouldn't it like a wolf with a fish in its mouth right it's also funny that that's how she thinks of it is that like the wolf would have the fish in its mouth not like a wolf and fish together right no but just the wolf would have its fish in its mouth exactly yeah again kind of showing like well no the starks are more More powerful powerful. exactly the tullys which is true uh so yeah and and so the tullys i think that's that seems like the smallest of the i mean maybe not the the gray joys but it's definitely one of the more yeah. or less powerful kind of right yeah great um, houses absolutely yeah they're, they're at the twins um uh what's and even walter frey doesn't even seem to well well but walter frey is supposed to be like kind of a a minor house to yeah. the tellers i mean he's he's a bannerman right and but he always feels like he's been you know given the short end of the of the, of the stick you know right um so but he's that's his liege lord right yeah so 
Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, seems like a smaller player in in the grand scheme of things. But they're they're at a really important part there in the Riverlands. You know, a lot of stuff kind of goes through their borders and stuff. So yeah, well, I just I just mean like when uh, you know spoilers when Rob Stark's taking his army, mm-hmm. it's like well, Catelyn Stark or you know Catelyn Tully mm-hmm. is there. Catelyn Tully should just be like, no, we're marching our army through, and you're gonna have to deal with it because you owe allegiance to me as your liege lord and he's kind of like well i'm only gonna let him do it if he marries so even he to the tullies is like you know yeah whatever yeah um but he makes a good well he, he has a good point i'm just but i'm just, yeah, they're, I'm just they're rebels at that point yeah yeah and so that was his thing it's just like he saw that as a, as an opportunity you know what i mean yeah, yeah I, get, I get what you're saying it's like um you know you would think, right, that he, she's she's a Tully, and so now I probably would have been different if her father or you know her brother would have come from River Run and and yeah. requested that they take. What would they do, you know, yeah. at that point? Um, but they haven't got there yet, and they haven't, you know, River Run hasn't necessarily rallied yet to. Right, I know. I'm just anyway. We're no, no, yeah, yeah, no. It's it's a good it's a good point. Just talking about where they, you know, power wise, where they yeah, stand. So up. even Arya is like. Ooh, I just I just find it interesting the, that that's what she thinks of is that the wolf would have the fish in its mouth. Right. Well, I think I think uh, if you if you took it from Joffrey's point of view, I bet you he thinks the lion would have the stag in its mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be interesting to see because he takes so much more pride in the lion than he does the stag. Yeah. The only time and it's coming up in a couple of chapters where he's re- like he really seems like proud of his dad is when they're at the trident and uh, he's talking about like, yeah, my dad slayed. You know, yeah. Rhaegar Targaryen. Here. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're right. That's one of the few times he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of... Well, it's probably also because Robert doesn't really seem to, like, take much interest in his own children. Air quotes. His own children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this whole while, Tom and, and, and Bran have been, you know, fighting, and eventually Sir Roderick says, enough. You know, uh, he gave the prince a hand, yanked it back to his, to his feet, uh, says, well fought, and then he kind of looks around, uh, Prince Joffrey, Rob, will you go another round? And this is where we get into, um, they say there, there was tension between these two when they first arrived. I think Ned mm-hmm. says that last chapter, uh, or even a chapter before that. So they're hoping that Bran going south will be, everyone kind of likes Bran and maybe he could be a friend to Joffrey or to Tommen. Um, and then that might kind of ease the tension because there's already a lot of tension between uh, Rob and Joffrey, which yeah. is interesting. So, um, but they go toe to toe here for a little bit. And uh, do you have any um, quotes or, or, or things you want to? Um, yeah, no, I don't really have anything. Uh, it's just again, most of my things have to just talk about. There is the uh, one line we we forgot to kind of mention here, uh, where they're talking about the arms, house coat of arms. Where John says, "Girls get the arms, but uh, but not the swords. Bastards get the swords, but not the arms." Mm-hmm. I did not make the rules, little yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a found important. Bastards get the swords, yeah, but mm-hmm. not the arms. That's right. Yeah. So um, as far as just their their actual fight, there's not really anything I found that was like super interesting. Just what you know, like Tom or excuse me, you know when Tom and Bran fight, it just seems like they're both. Like I guess Bran does a little better, and then when Rob and Joffrey fight, um, it sounds like Joffrey or Rob does better. Where he says, "I gave you more." Yeah, I gave you more swats than you gave Joff. Yeah. Are you afraid? Uh, and then he's like, "Oh, terrified! You're so much older." Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, and then, th- so they go back and forth across the yard, you know, uh, trading some remarks. Um, and Arya says to John, you know, Joffrey truly is a little shit, yeah. you know. Um, so Roderick's trying to settle everybody down, and they, they want to use live steel. Yeah, right. And then, then the Hound steps in, Sandor Clegane, who is God, my uh, second favorite character, and <laughs> I love I love the Hound. He's, but yeah, and, 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 and you know he's he's going, he's stepping in there. Um, you know, who are you to tell him that he, that he can't have an edge to his sword? And I love mm-hmm. uh, that Sir Roderick comes back and says, you know, I'm master at arms at Winterfell. Clegane. Yeah, and you best not forget it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and then he add, then the hound asked how old they were, and he's and he's like, I killed my first man when I was twelve. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, Are you training women here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm training knights. You know? Yeah. Um, so they'll have they'll have steel when they're ready. Um, well, also, I mean, imagine the position he's in. Could you imagine if uh, Sir Roderick Cassell gave these gave both these guys live steel and either one of them died. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine him? Or having... just even got hurt. Look yeah. what happens when Joffrey gets hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could, yeah. Could you, what a little baby. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine, let's, let's just say in an accident that Joffrey kills, you know, Rob Stark. Could you imagine him trying to explain that to Ned Stark? Oh, they take Sir Roderick's head. Yeah. Or the other way around. Could you imagine if, if yeah. Rob killed Joffrey? What like, that, Rob... yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Either exactly. way. I mean, either way. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it kind of just ends here. I mean, there's a, a bit of a back and forth, and and Theon is kind of um, he's holding Rob. He's locked him in this iron grip, you know, iron grip. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Until the princes and their parties were safely away, uh, John watched them leave, and Arya watched John. His face had grown still as a as the pull at the heart of the gods would. Um, I think he was probably ready to jump in there if he needed to. He's he's close with Rob, but uh, he's right. not necessarily allowed to be down there. So. He says the show is done, um, and you know then, so Arya has to uh, head back to her room or or what have you. And when she gets there, uh, Septa Mordain and her mother are waiting for are her. waiting for her, and uh, it's not it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of a short chapter, but um, but kind of neat, some cool connections and stuff, and uh, we'll tie Nymeria into our yeah. Um, History of uh, Westeros here. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Let's dive into uh, the Maester's study. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, sorry. I have to go back up here in my notes. All right, guys. So we. Um, so this chapter, huge. Yeah. It is the arriving of the Andals. Ezra and uh, Sir Ezra and I had to actually go back and listen to like most of the other chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Just because we were kind of um, the thing with this book is we kind of said it before is it's. It's told through us by maesters. Yes. And a lot of it's kind of vague. And so some of it is like they say, here's what's happening here. Then they'll shift and they'll say, here's what's happening here. They don't tell you like when that's taking place. Yes. And so the timeline is, seems kind of skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are like, wait, that doesn't make sense because it doesn't connect here. So so can I go over real quick? Just yeah. like the So when you look at the... The and, Dawn Age. And tell them, we're thinking, we're going to make a doc. Yeah, we're going to make a doc, uh, and we're going to share it with our patrons, and whoever else, you know, is interested, if you just, any any level tier on there. Whatever. Um, you can, we're going to start with the Dawn Age, and kind of work our way down, and detail what's happening in Essos, what's hap- what's happening in Westeros. And, and the and the other places, too. There's, like, the, the Summer Isles. Summer Isles, are big deal. Shy, all that stuff. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily say specifically when what is happening because the dawn age is thousands of years 
And I believe, Matt and I were talking a lot about this, that the first half of that on Westeros, you, it seems pretty clear from the, from the text that you had uh, giants and children of the forest. Right. And so they were there. They described them in, in, in detail. And then the next chapter, but, but while they're describing the Dawn Age, they also mention men. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that there could have been a third, you know, um, type over of that the Iron, Iron yeah. Islands. And- exactly. So they mentioned the first men during the Dawn Age um, just a little bit. So I kind of put it into yeah. two tiers, the, the Dawn Age before the first. Because right. then, then, then we talk about like Bran the Builder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why would Bran the Builder build a wall unless the Long Night had come? But the Long Night is like a chapter after. And so it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about Bran the Builder, I think, in this chapter. Yes. And yeah. so it's like, well, well again, well, yeah. it's the idea that yeah. Bran the Builder could have been multiple people. Right. You know, um, and his skill or, or trade uh, could have been passed down and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it could have been one person. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, but. I wanted to kind of break this down. So first half of Dawn Age, you've got the children and you've got the giants. Second half, across the um, the arm or the broken arm, right. you have this land bridge from Essos to Westeros, and they're traveling across that. And this is the first men. Mm-hmm. And I was asking, you know, Sir Matt, I was like, when, how? Because we, we, we got into this discussion about the Andals today. We know why they crossed the Narrow Sea, but right. we didn't know why the first men uh, crossed and it says the reasons are unknown. Mm-hmm. It flat out says that we went back and listened. We went back and listened again. And I'm thinking that's a follow up. You know, Friday episode. We've, we've changed it to Friday. Yeah, it's gonna be Friday. Yeah, uh, we, <laughs> we, we were so, thinking about Thursdays, but we're like, it's just gonna be more logistical, and it I gives guess, you more time to. I know we wanted it to be ravens. Thursday because we don't bend the knee to, uh, right. to constraints, but but gosh darn it, we're going to. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, but you know, the idea we would like to kind of speculate on on what was it that drove the first men you know, to Westeros. So I'm going to leave it there. If you guys have thoughts on that, send us a raven, let us know. But the first men, as they travel over there, then there's a lot of stuff that happens in the Age of Heroes with Mm -hmm. the first men on Westeros. And there's a lot of history um, by the time, (coughs) excuse me, because I believe when the first men are traveling across the arm, and if you're listening and you can can correct me, that'd be fine. Um, I believe old Gis is still... In power right. mm-hmm. when the first men. So one of my theories was that it could have had something to do with old gist, could be a plague, could be whatever. Um, they're moving across this arm, right? Which is eventually the arm is broken. Mm-hmm. And whether that was by the natural green seers or, magic. or natural, yeah, either one, they move across there and they interact with the children of the forest and fight them for a while. Um, but eventually settle down, and they have a pact, they have a treaty, mm-hmm. they, they they come to term, they're, that's peaceful, cordial, mm-hmm. right? And there are kings. We have established kings, mm-hmm. um, the first men, kings, kingdoms. And the only one of those, we'll get into that now, now we're into the Andals a little bit here, but the only one that actually ends up surviving the Andal invasion mm-hmm. is the North. Is the North, yeah. Yeah. So now let's, now let's jump into... Should we go ahead and know, play our, our clip? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. The Andals originated in the lands of the Axe, east and north of where Pentos now lies. Though they were for many centuries a migratory people who did not remain in one place for long. From the heartlands of the Axe, a great spur of land surrounded on all sides by the shivering sea, they traveled south and west to carve out Andalus, the ancient realm the Andals ruled before they crossed the narrow sea. Andalus stretched from the Axe 
to what is now the Vervossian coastlands, and south as far as the flatlands and the Velvet Hills. The Andals brought iron weapons with them, and suits of iron plates, against which the tribes that inhabited those lands could do little. One such tribe was the Hairy Men. Their name is lost, but they are still remembered in certain Pentoshi histories. The Pentoshi believe them to be akin to the men of Ib, and the histories of the citadel largely agree, though some argue that the Hairy Men settled Ib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that little last bit we, we, we can get into uh, Ib and the Hairy Men later, a little some mystery surrounding uh, those folks. But the axe... Um, thought this was neat, sort of the peninsula on the northern coast of Essos, mm-hmm. where uh, it kind of juts out into the Shivering Sea. Um, just to, if you want to look up on a map where that's at, mm-hmm. um, that's sort of where they originate from. But they, they're sort of a, a traveling people, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's what it seems like, is because then, then they end up coming over to we'll get to this in a bit, but then they end up coming over to Westeros mm-hmm. um, because what happens is the Valyrian. So this is another thing where there's kind of some discrepancy in the text when we, in the rise of Valyria chapter, it kind of talks about the, well, they took over old Gaius and they didn't like slaves. They wanted to abolish it. But now it says that the Valyrians are like growing their empire and they're taking slaves. Yeah. I, I, I think they did want slaves because yeah, they, well, no, I know that it says that in this chapter because right. they wanted them to mine their, their ore and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it seems like so obviously the, the Valyrians, uh, their purpose or whatever changed. Obviously, mm-hmm. perhaps oh, yeah, yeah. O- over time. And so yeah, so then we have the Andals who move, and then it, what ends up happening is that the Valyrian Empire grows so big that the Andals end up fleeing, coming to Westeros. Mm-hmm. And they it says they arrive in uh, the net or the fingers like the veil the veil of Aaron area, yeah. right? And and actually, so if you look at um, it's it's basically the northern where where Andalus is, it's this northern from the axe over uh, into the Velvet Hills, which is sort of um, near. It's it's the north, I would say, western part. Mm-hmm. Um, so down. Uh, south of Bravos, um, but closer to Pentos, and you know, kind of that's where they ruled and migrated to and from. Um, just as a sort of a point of reference, I guess, so you can kind of understand where they were moving around, and, and that's important because Valentis uh, is is south, and they have the Roin, um, in which they have to they would have to get through to either conquer or to. I guess, um, combat the Andals. And a, a lot of times it says in this um, World of Ice and Fire chapter that the Roin may have supported the Andals to some degree, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, so um, then what ends up happening is, is the Valyrians start denying them. The pro- it says, um, the Valyrians had denied the Andals the promise of the Seven on Essos, but in Westeros they were free. More zealous by the conflict and flight, the warriors of the Andals carved the seven-pointed star upon their bodies and swore by their blood than the Seven not to rest until they had hewn their kingdoms from the sunset lands. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they are the ones who bring over the new gods, the Seven, 
Right. And then that's, it kind of creates this like religious war as they're going to start conquering Westeros and implementing the seven. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, for sure. Now there's something interesting. Did you, are you going to talk about, uh, Hugh Gore, the hill of, of the hill? Is, is he in there anywhere that's, you know, uh, I believe so. That's a ways down. Oh, is it a little further down? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so just some other things real quick. Um, it is agreed by the Septims, the Singers, and the Maesters alike that the first place the Angels landed was the Fingers of the Veil of Aaron. Uh, carvings of seven-pointed stars are scattered upon the rocks and stones throughout that area. Um, sweeping through the Veil with fire and sword, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just the idea of like fire sword. Fire sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The Andals began their conquest of Westeros. Their iron weapons and armor surpassed the bronze by which the First Men still fought and many First Men perished in that war. The singers say that the uh, Andal hero, Sir Artis Aaron, rode upon a falcon to slay the Griffin King upon the giant's lance, thereby founding the kingly line of House Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it talks about a war that takes place in the Trident. Uh, in the wars over the Trident, it is said that as many as seven Andal kings joined forces against the last true king of the rivers and hill, Christopher IV, who was descended from the first men and defeated him in what the singers claim was his hundredth battle. His heir, Christopher V, proved unable to defend his father's legacy, and so the kingdom fell to the Andals. Uh, and then we have, uh, in the same era of the Andal, uh, in the same area, in the same era, one Andal, remembered in the legends as Eric the Kingslayer, mm-hmm. came across the Great Hall of High Heart. There, while under the protection of the kings of the First Men, the children of the forest had tended to, to the mighty carved weirwoods that crowned it. 31 is what it kind of uh, says there. While uh, Eric's warriors sought to cut down the trees, the first men are also said to have fought beside the children, but men- the force of the Andals was too great. Though the children and the first men made a valiant effort to defend their holy grove, all were slain. The ta- uh, tale tellers now claim that the ghost of the children still haunt the hill by night. This day, um, To this day, rivermen shun the place. Mm-hmm. Then, something else I have kind of interesting here, the the clans of the Mountain of the Moon are clearly descendants of the first men who did not bend the knee uh, to the Andals and were so driven into the mountains furthermore. Um, It just kind of then talks about them being similar to wildlings. And Ezra and I were kind of, Sir Ezra and I were kind of talking about this. Yeah. Is that, how is it when we see wildlings and then we see the mountain men we know later when Tyrion and the, the forces Tyrion brings mountain men and these hill tribe clans people you know like Tywin Lannister is kind of like eh, whatever they're mm. who they are yeah um but the wildlings are so much more shunned and thought of as mm-hmm. you know these like inbred kind of you know like low level people right. Right. where actually it seems like the wildlings are more sophisticated well, it, well, if if anything, their blood, uh, you know, blood has a lot. It's very important, and so that people love to claim I've I've got blood of the first men in my you know veins running mm-hmm. through my veins. Well, the wild, and that almost makes you royal. Almost makes you like really cool in the north, yeah. right? There must have been some disagreement. I, I almost wonder if you know the idea that we're going to get to it here in a second, where the Andals start to kind of say we're going to marry in, we're going to mm-hmm. kind of you know. We, 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 we've, we've conquered, um, but there are too many of the first men. They were, they were a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they had more sophistication, swords, iron, different things, uh, technology that helped them beat the first men. Um, but then they decide to marry 
um, some of their higher born, you know, daughters and, and things. And I almost wonder if the wildlings at the time were a far north tribe that just decided, you know, hey, we're not going to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And the division happens to be where the wall's at, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that maybe, yeah, maybe the they go north of the wall and they're just like, oh, we're just going to live our... Maybe they... Maybe because others hadn't been seen in so long mm-hmm. or something, they're like, we're just going to go north of the wall and then we don't have to deal with any of this. Yeah, perhaps. Yes. Um, I almost wonder if they were... Yeah, either they, did, they they chose to or they were forced. Forced to. Or they were just people who, when the wall was built, as we've said, um, as it's said in the show and said in the books later, they just ended up on the wrong side of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, could, it could be that um, they don't have much... Like to them, the Andal invasion happens and they're already trapped behind the wall. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Living their own lives and and that's all they really know. Yeah. So sorry, as I was looking through my notes, who did you say you wanted me to reference? Hugo of the Hill? Yeah. Did you have anything in there for uh, me? I just I'll have I have this thing pulled up here in my in the book. Um it says for thousands of years the Andals abided in Andalus, growing a number in the oldest of the holy book, the seven pointed star. It is said that seven themselves walked among their people in the hills of Andalus. And it was here and it was who they crowned Hugor of the Hill and mm-hmm. promised him and his descendants great kingdoms in a foreign land. Yeah. And I, I was the reason I, I, I liked that is Gur often he's pulled from um, different faiths, different religions. Um, the geography, right, of, mm-hmm. of Westeros looks very similar um, to England. And I thought, oh, yeah, to- I mean, totally. You have, like, yeah. you have the North, which, as I were talking, this is pretty much Scotland. Scotland. And you know, even, even a couple of years ago, Scotland was like, hey, we want to vote. To <laughs> yeah, leave. I know. Yeah. And then you have the Iron yeah. Islands, which is kind of like Ireland in a way. Right, right. And then if you look actually at Essos, it looks an awful lot like, especially the Axe, looks an yeah. awful lot like Spain. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Hugo of the Hill uh, being promised you know, sons and different things, uh, uh, or that his line would continue into another land reminded me of Abraham, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the old Testament or something, you know, right. th- this idea that the, he would have this religious idea that, you know, his, um, sons would be, you know, would go to another land and it would be a land promised and in, mm-hmm. in a place where they would thrive and prosper. Mm-hmm. Um, and their faith would, would dominate that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that that continent, or what have you, and that was just a, a kind of a seem, seemingly like, like a connection to Abraham, and it might not have been his intent. I just kind of uh, thought that was interesting when, when we were reading it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's happened to other. That happens in other faiths too. It's not just the um, Old Testament where that's yeah. seen in our in our history, but yeah. So okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just one thing. Last we already talked about the North standing. Uh, and, not, yeah. and not succumbing to it. But I do find it interesting um, talking about that the, the new Andal kings took over the Iron Islands. They're like, okay, we're going to institute the seven and the Iron Ironborn would not have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, instead, they allowed it to coexist with their worship of the drown, drown god. And over time, the faith just never took root and they just still only follow the drowned god. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that w- that is kind of neat that they... Because... Oh, something interesting too. Um, along with that, in, in which gods do you do you um, allow or, or, or tie in with? The first men kind of adopted the idea of spirit gods, um, the old gods, gods of the river, gods of the mm-hmm. whatever, and they allowed the werewoods to stay, mm-hmm. right? And each each keep sort of had a werewood there, like the 
like Ned does for Catelyn, he allows the Sept to be built and for her to have the opportunity to worship the Seven there at Winterfell. And I believe the Andals sort of did the same thing, right? They're like, we will let you keep, you know, these um, few ancient werewoods, you know, here um, in the Godswood or what have you as as a way to, because they're marrying into this, but they almost... It's like, it's fine, you want to worship, you know, the old gods, it's fine, here's the seven, kind of a mix and match of both, you know, mm-hmm. kind of emerging. Um, well, of and both. even, and even think of this, is that over time, it would appear that other gods in Essos even appear, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Faceless Men. Um, R'hllor. R'hllor, R'hllor, mm-hmm. R'hllor, yeah. Yeah. When I wondered, too, if, if they were ever in, in their pursuit or, or, or feeling that they had to leave, uh, were more sympathetic to that idea. Right. You know, like they didn't want to have R'hllor forced on them, but they could have lived side by side with those people, um, you know, perhaps. So that's maybe why they were uh, more inclined to do it. Plus, the first men just absolutely outnumbered them. And it was like, what are you going to do? You, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can't just move them to one patch of, you know, land. So they kind of integrated uh, with them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Um, now, the cool connection here. Yeah. Nymeria. Uh, or did you have any more on the, that you wanted to mention? Nope. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so that's our, our maester study. Um, and then kind of our cool connection that, that kind of goes with both, I guess, is this idea that... Uh, the direwolf Nymeria is named after um, Nymeria, the princess of the Rhoynar, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, so after the Rhoyn was conquered by Valyria, she leads um, her people to Dorne, mm-hmm. essentially. But there's much more to it. There's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of trials that she sort of goes through um, in moving her people um, around and from place to place and things. And I believe there's a chapter later on in a world of ice and fire that directly just talks about her. talks about her. Right. So we'll kind of uh, keep it a little bit vague because it goes into detail as to where she went. She lost this amount of people. Mm-hmm. She kept she had moving. Like 10,000 ships. She yes. brought over. Exactly. Exactly. So, which is kind of interesting also, because when you think about like Daenerys, mm-hmm. you know, didn't, wasn't she promised so many ships to bring her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what was also interesting about this is, and I think one of the reasons why Sansa is kind of like, you really are going to name your, your direwolf Nymeria. I think she just thought that this was like a warrior princess. And mm-hmm. so she thought that was cool. She could be a princess and a warrior. Um, but there's this um, alliance with House Martell mm-hmm. uh, of Sunspear. And honestly, her, Nymeria's descendants, she married into that family, brought her people and integrated them there. Um, so, you know, they are descended from Nymeria. Mm-hmm. So thought that was cool. But yeah, she's remembered as the warrior, uh, the warrior queen. So uh, really cool stuff there, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it says, it says later on the, on the wiki page that it was kind of disputed whether or not she actually like fought as a warrior or more so if she was kind of like Tywin Lannister where, you know, Tywin's like no longer really a warrior, but he's still held in high regard because he's such a strategic commander. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it also makes you, so the fact that she gets to Dorne, right? They believe when Marcella's there later that they can have um, that the queen, the next in line to be queen, is Marcella mm-hmm. after Joffrey dies, and they have her, right? Because in their kingdom, you know that that's that's acceptable. You could have um, a female rule, 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that's kind of cool, right? Targaryens kind of believe that as well. But the Andals or the, uh, you know, even the Starks, it's very much like it goes to the firstborn son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the sons of the first son. So um, it just neat that that might have been an influence from Nymeria uh, coming there and being so powerful and being this war. And also, uh, a lot more of the females are allowed to take up arms and mm-hmm. to learn. You know, they, they learn from the Viper uh, mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. So maybe that had something to do again with the idea that we had a warrior princess, um, a warrior queen mm-hmm. at one point. So. Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, we, that's kind of it for our cool connections. Yeah. Absolutely. So now we are moving on over to our send us a Raven. Send us a Raven. And we've been getting um, Ravens left and right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and just send those to uh, BTK cast and, um, yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll take them from there, and we'll we'll talk about them on the show and things. Normally, we we will do a lot of we'll respond to ravens and voicemails and stuff on our follow up Fridays, mm-hmm. um, but we got one over the weekend um, from um, is it how do you say it? is it uh, Aziz? Yeah, uh, Aziz? yeah, he's the his, actually he sent us one while we were recording right now. He yeah, did and a I don't know if that's the same guy or not. Yeah, it's history of Westeros. Um, I don't know if it is to be honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah. For sure. I mean, the names seem to be, it's, yeah. I was just looking it up on Facebook and stuff. So, um, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> okay. So, maybe it's just, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a coincidence. Oh, okay. Um, but because I looked him up on Facebook. But, anyways, super cool. Um, so, he's asking a question just basically about um, the idea that um, Benjamin Stark and Jane Westerling. Um, what do we think is going to happen in the books? Is Benjamin coming back in the show? Uh, best regards. So, so thank you. Um, hopefully, we get your name right there. I'm sorry about that if we mispronounced it, but um, yeah. And that's a great question. And we've talked a lot about Benjamin Stark here recently, and I think it's something we would like to follow up, you know, with and look more into uh, Jane Westerling a little bit and kind of talk about uh, her and her role in. Um, It'd be neat to kind of see if there's any, you know, connection uh, between the two. So really appreciate that, Raven. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that on follow-up Friday for sure. So stay tuned on that. Um, let's see. Just a real quick, again, plug for the number, 614-547-2350. Give us a call and um, leave us a voicemail there with any questions or thoughts or, um, you know, theories that you might have. So um, we're going to read one a week. So that was our 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 email that or Raven that we had there. I think mm-hmm. we had some comments on Facebook too, but we'll, we're going to touch on those in our, um, follow up Friday edition there. So, yeah. okay. All right. Um, moving on to yeah. man the wall. Yeah. So here we go. We have a, um, new member of the night's watch. Yeah. Tiffany. Let's go. Evans. So let's freaking here go. we go as she takes her vows. Not gathers. And now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall take no wife, hold no lands, father no children. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I shall live and die at my post. I am the sword in the darkness. I am the watcher on the walls. I am the fire that burns against the cold, the light that brings the dawn, the horn that wakes the sleepers, the shield that guards the realms of men. I pledge my life and honor to the night's watch for this night and all the nights to come. Wow. Yeah. 
I always want to say thank you to the people that decide to take the black. I just love it. It's so epic. It's so cool. It. She's. They're defending the the realm. They're defending the The realm. realm. Yeah. The horn that wakes the sleepers. I mean, dude, it's if ever like night gathers and our watch must begin. Mm Mm-hmm. So and it I, won't I, end until my end of you know end of days. Exactly. I mean, it's so cool. See, what, what's neat about that is the the reader in these stories gets the idea that the Night's Watch was once revered and had this uh, a, a duty that you know goes beyond. Um, it was a duty to the realm. Varys mm-hmm. often talks about serving the realm. They truly mm-hmm. serve the realm. Yeah, and think of this. So actually going back to our cool connections here real quick, talks about uh, Nymeria. So the Nymeria had once uh, sent six defeated Dornish kings to join the Night's yes, Watch. Yes, yes, that's so right. yeah, back in the day when there used to be, the Night's Watch was a very powerful, powerful force. Yes, exactly. And and I think it was, you had a combination, more of a combination of people who would just, um, you know, the second sons, right, who would go maybe join the Night's Watch because it was an honor and it was another way to find glory and mm-hmm. things like that, to go man the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, thanks, Tiffany, uh, yeah, Mr. Really, Evans. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, And guys, by the way, we just want to say very quickly, um, you guys can change the wording. Oh, yeah. So I had a lot of girls uh, signing up for it and it's like, I will father no children. Yeah, you can change that and totally say, I will mother no children's or yeah or, or keep a, right to the book if you want either yeah, way what, or, yeah. yeah or i'll take no husbands or whatever we're a uh we're a podcast without banners a, yeah you do what you want guys yeah we're a, right? we're a free we're a you know we're we're about free folk you know that's right whatever you know <laughs> after all this is a, this is you know this is a this is a book series where we're really rooting for you know uh-huh. You know, a nephew, a, a to, nephew to get with his aunt. Right. Okay. I mean, we're, we're hoping that, that happens. Open. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we're definitely open to uh, some crazy stuff. You yeah. Know? So that is crazy. We're mm-hmm. rooting for yes, him we to are. get yeah, with his absolutely. aunt. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anyways, that's awesome. Um, you guys can hit us up uh, on on uh, on patreon.com forward slash bend the knee and uh, sign up for Take the Black. And you guys can call that number and we'll play those. Um, you know, Night's Watch Vows there for you. Nighting ceremonies are coming. Matt and I have kind of figured out a format for people who want to do like an individualized, you know, like make, making a pledge to whatever it may be. Uh, Sir Adam Parker uh, yeah, did he, that. He, yeah, Lord he, Adam Parker. Yeah, Lord excuse Adam, me. Yeah. Excuse Lord, yeah. me. Lord Adam Parker drew up, like he drew up his own, sent it to us. That's fine. Um, we'll post just kind of like this, their standard vows. Yeah. Um, there's actually there's other ones where you can swear fealty to specifically a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's like you know there's that's the difference between say a hedge knight and a sworn sword. Right. And so um, there's also like a more formal one and an informal one. So it could be just something as simple at really just kind of message us and we'll kind of do like our, they're all going to be personalized. So some people may just want us to say the vows. And then we knight you, and then we just have audio clips of you saying like yes or I swear or whatever. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it so. could be a, a couple different things. I was trying to find the real quick. Yeah, so exa- for for example, just so people understand what we're talking about, you know, um, we could charge you in the name of the warrior. We charge you to be brave. Mm-hmm. In the name of the father, I charge you to be just. So we could do something where we're charging you to do these things, um, and then. You know, we we say your name and then we charge you with these things uh, and then we say, you know, rise so and so 
and then we just play that on the podcast with some yeah. sick ass, some sick music underneath, yeah, right? Absolutely, guys. You know? And uh, just FYI, uh, just a little history of myself is that uh, wow. a couple years ago, you know, I started diving deep into my uh, own family history, and I am actually. Uh, descendant of <laughs> of Irish royalty. Um, not that it means anything at yes, all it does. today, but I, you know, I legitimately have the power to knight you. Is <laughs> what I, is 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 what I'm saying. Yeah, the Butler dynasty yeah. of it was like the 13 to like 1500s in Ireland. Yeah, um, Matt has that power, and he has knighted me, mm-hmm. and only a knight. Yeah, and Ezra and I's hometown actually uh, was founded. A t- small town in Ohio was founded by also. Uh, Again, but the part of that Butler lineage I have in dynasty, me, dynasty really, yeah. Uh, yeah, was founded by was founded by him. So I, yeah, so I also have that power as well. So that is unreal. <laughs> and I think to answer, uh, somebody had a question about who can knight uh, a knight. Only another knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be lord, but you could not. You could be a knighted lord, mm-hmm. but a lord in itself could not knight someone you have to be knighted yourself Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i believe um you can go before like a septon you're right Mm -hmm. you could do that in the in the sept you could be knighted there um so that's another way of can a queen knight someone i don't know i think it really is more of a really it's it's a more of a religious thing it's because in in england everyone's just knighted by the queen of England. yeah you're right that's kind of different it is a little different so um i don't know i mean i'm okay with you know Guys, it's it's bend the knee here, so yeah. we do what we want, you know. Uh, but anyways, a lot of fun with the nighting ceremony. So check those out and uh, and hit us up there for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Uh, anything else there, Matt? We've got uh, join the discussion on Facebook.com forward slash mm-hmm. bend the knee podcast. Um, we're posting memes. We're posting discussions. We normally will post a thread for this episode, and then we'll follow up and do some discussion on Fridays uh, with that. We wanted to get, we went to Fridays to give you you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mm-hmm. to get to the thread. We'll probably record those Thursday night. Yeah, it makes it a little easier on our end. Yeah. To, so. Yeah. Because we were, we're thinking about if we were doing recording on Wednesday, and then we were like, well, if we do that, then you only have Monday to listen to it. So we're like, we're going to record it. Yeah, we'll record it Thursday. Give you guys more time to follow up, and then we can do a follow-up Friday, mm-hmm. uh, which will be good. And we'll still have uh, Theory Thursday from time to time, so when mm-hmm. those come up. so Yeah, and then we're going to have food reviews, and there's a lot. There's uh, so much. There's so good. <laughs> so much coming. So, yes, we're working on all that. Also, for those of you who are have become patrons, um, just make sure to message us on Facebook or yep. on Patreon about there's still a couple people that haven't gotten their sigils. Worked out, yeah, sure. And so yeah. we'd like to we'd like to get those going. Yeah, we you. want to hit you guys. We've updated the Google Doc, so go mm-hmm. check that out. Everybody's uh, house words are in there. We made a column for those of you who have taken the black. Mm-hmm. You'll see a black um, shield next mm-hmm. to your name. So we appreciate that. And um, there's a couple other things we wanted to do with the. Oh, we want to vote on shirts. Mm-hmm. So we're we're ordering shirts. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think since we've got a small batch here, we could probably honestly do whatever one you want. Yeah, we'll probably do a mixed batch. You know, as it gets, you know, to the, for the next six month giveaway, uh, we've got something else special surprise uh, for you guys. Yeah, but, it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, and that will be more of a you know, we're just gonna order it, send it to you guys, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, so yeah, I need to get a Google Doc going. Uh, make sure I get everybody's, you know, information in there. Sure, size and whatnot, yes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, all right, guys. You know, I think it's it's time for us to say farewell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 8, Bran. Yes. Oh, and this, uh, this I'm so glad this is in here because we have a reminder. Make sure we do this today. Uh, Maluka. 
Uh, this, she's got some cool new stuff up, some new videos, uh, some new songs. You guys should definitely go check those out. Um, she's provided us with our beautiful outro, so thank you, mm-hmm. uh, Maluka. So we'll be talking to her uh, soon. There'll mm-hmm. be a special episode. Um, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember, winter is coming.